I'm Mike Merrill, and I'm here today with Daryl Ogden. Hi, Mike. Good to be here. Daryl's a partner in Kenning Associates, and he's here to talk to us today about a framework that he finds very useful in speaking to leaders. How did you arrive at this notion of the leadership continuum? The concept of the leadership continuum really is inspired by the work of my longtime friend and partner, Neil Struhl, who was a real inspiration to me and to so many people. And tragically, last year in 2021, Neil passed away much too early. It was devastating for all of us who knew and loved him so much because of who he was as a human being and also what he meant to us professionally as a master coach whom we all learned from. I met Neil in the mid-2000s when we were really kicking off Kenning as a going concern. He had been a longtime faculty member at Georgetown University where he taught in the business school and in the leadership development program there. And in that capacity, he was really responsible for shaping the coaching educations for literally thousands of people over multiple decades. And so when we met Neil, he was really at the apex of his career as a coach and as a faculty member. And it was such a treasure for us to be exposed to him. We had a first row seat to his thinking about coaching and leadership development. And he made it all available to us so generously and buoyantly. I owe so much to him as I think all the Kenning partners do. I can testify that I've heard your partners at Kenning speak of Neil frequently and with great warmth. This work that he first exposed me to, which I have come to call the leadership continuum, I don't think that Neil called it that, but it derives very much from him. And I have used it in many, many different coaching contexts, I think very productively. And my clients tend to really gravitate towards the concepts and they really help structure much of our coaching conversations. The leadership continuum is a framework that just helps people make distinctions between what I think of as the three dominant leadership functions. And they are the concepts of vision, management, and administration. Each of those functions, each of those elements of leadership are identified with time in a very significant way. And so vision is very much identified with the future in this framework. Management is identified with the present and administration with the past. And what I try to help the leaders that I work with see is that just because they are in a leadership role, they can't just inhabit the vision portion of this continuum. They have to account for the whole continuum. And in fact, they have to do something that I like to call time traveling across the continuum to navigate and determine where they should be spending their time in any given day or week or month or quarter. So in the course of a day or a week or a month, they are moving back and forth in terms of a time tense, if, if you will, between the past, present, and the future, ideally focusing more on the future and the present in terms of execution, but also very much accounting for the past. Before we dig into each of these, three facets of the leadership continuum. I wonder if some of the challenges that attend being a new leader 
might be helped by using the leadership continuum as a tool. One is feeling now I'm a leader. I don't need to worry about management and administration. Another potentially is getting stuck in management. Yeah, that's right. And I think that what this framework helps people to do is to see the distinctions between the functionality that all leaders need to account for and precisely not get stuck in any one of them because you can't live in one of them only. You have to spend time in each of them, figuring out what the proportion of time is in each of them to maximize your impact of the teams that you're leading or the organizations that you're leading is really the art of leadership. In my view, it's one of the most critically important things that any leader needs to become self-aware about and intentional about. Maybe we should start with management because that's probably the thing that we do the most as leaders or managers. Yeah, there's no question. So I, I think that this is about you know making sure the trains run on time. Management is identified with operations and execution. Usually, whatever the management function is, it is the core identity of the organization. It's what the organization is known for in the public. So what are some of the key elements of day-to-day -day management? It's providing clarity for the team that you are leading, making sure that all of the key stakeholders are well-coordinated, that they all know what everyone is doing and why they're doing it. And ideally beyond it, people know what the organization is through the management function, because that's the way the organization manifests itself in the world. And so there's no question that leaders need to spend a significant portion in the management space. Now that may not mean that they are managing people in that space, but it is about making sure that they are doing something that I call meeting the conditions of satisfaction of the organization. What are the core expectations they're performing together at a high level where they are making the sum of the organization greater than the parts? That starts with the top executive and the leadership team and making sure that in a cascaded way, Everybody in the organization knows what they're doing and why they're doing it. And they are continuously seeking to perform at the highest possible level. And they're continuously seeking improvement in the moment, in the present. Now, you have to be careful about talking about the present. The present doesn't mean just living in the here and now, but it's more about understanding what the horizons are that you're talking about. And depending on the kind of leader you are and the, depending on the kind of organization that you lead, the present horizon shifts and it shifts anywhere from right now to, I would say, approximately 12 months from now, probably not more than 12 months. More commonly, it's over the next three to six months. That's what we're talking about when we're talking about the present. And so Daryl, how do you know that you're effectively managing that? Number one, you have a healthy team that seems to be working well together, is well-coordinated, is communicating well, and is performing. You're meeting your objectives. You're hitting your key results. You're getting feedback, both internally and externally, that your staff and employees are happy. They're happy with the direction of the organization. They're happy with the execution of the organization and whoever your customers are, whoever your external stakeholders are, that they're satisfied as well, that they are getting what you promised you were going to deliver to them. There are any numbers of ways of tracking that kind of information and every organization has different ways of doing so. 
but you know it through external performance, you know it through the internal health of the organization in terms of are you retaining your employees? Are people growing and developing? Are you able to recruit the people that you want to recruit, that you win more than your fair share of those competitions for talent? And are you hitting your quarterly, semi-annual and annual goals? And in that sense, it's very present oriented that we know each quarter how we performed, what the scorecard looks like. So that's the present orientation, that's management. What about the future orientation? I had a longtime mentor who was a two-time Fortune 500 CEO. He was on a board of an organization that I ran back in my own executive days. At our board meetings, he would always invoke the phrase of, what are we going to do to stand in the future together? He always associated that with leadership. And that has been so instructive and inspirational for me in my own leadership work and in the leadership coaching that I do. Leadership in this framework, at least, encompasses all three of the elements, but vision is about the future in the sense of strategy. I always think about the vision of an organization as what we are reaching for and never grasping. We never achieve the vision. And if we ever do, we have to push the vision out away from us more so that we are continuing to strive for it. And the strategy is always in the service of the vision, whatever strategy we develop we are developing that strategy on behalf of trying to reach the vision. So strategy is what we actually do. Strategy is the plan we make to manifest our vision. And just to add something to the idea of standing in the future, which I conceptualize as looking straight ahead and leaders are standing in that future and people in the organization are following them into that future. Leadership is also about innovation and transformation, which is what is around the corner right? That non-leaders can't see. When I work with people in New York City, I sometimes talk about standing in the future as being able to see from Central Park all the way downtown through Fifth Avenue. But there's another kind of leadership that is taking a left on 52nd and being able to see around corners, to see what's coming, to see what disruptive technologies or disruptive things in the marketplace are happening and to be prepared for those things and to shape those things. Leaders do both of those things. They can see farther into the future than anyone else, and they can see around corners better than anybody else. How do you know if you're effectively standing in the future? What are the telltale signs? Well, you're ahead of the problems that you encounter. You and your organization are not reactive to new developments, but you have anticipated and even predicted them. It is about being able to see forward. And to be ahead of the market, to be ahead of cultural development, social developments, to be ahead of whatever technological innovations are happening, shaping them, guiding them to some degree. Those are telltale signs that you're always thinking ahead rather than operating in a reactive space. We have spoken about the present management, the future vision. And now sometimes leaders probably think they don't have to worry too much about administration. The administrative function is a really important one for any leader to account for. They may not spend a lot of time on it themselves, but they have to really account for it. And that might be in the form of delegating uh, a lot of that to someone else in the organization, but they need to be accounting for it because if we are not adequately informed by the past, if we 
don't have great institutional memory, we're fated to repeat ourselves and to repeat mistakes. The, the metaphor that I like to use is that leaders need to be able to reach back in time and grab the artifact that they need, almost as though they're a museum curator and they're reaching to the key artifact that they need that's going to inform the present decision-making and or guide future decision-making. So the idea of reaching back in time is, can I put my hands on a particular budget or a particular planning document or a particular marketing document that has relevance for us today? Can I remember the particular analysis that we ran five years ago? that now suddenly has relevance again because the market conditions are similar. Can I, without a lot of friction, without a lot of duress, can I very efficiently reach back in time, grab that artifact and bring it forward? This function is very identified as well with the ideas of knowledge management, for instance. Institutions, organizations, they accumulate an enormous amount of knowledge but the knowledge is inert unless you can activate it. And the administrative function is really about activating the knowledge that accrued over time. And the very best leaders have a sense of that institutional memory, that organization history, and they're able to reach back as far as necessary and bring it forward as far as necessary as well. I can think of times in my own career where I suggested we look at something in the past that was seen as sort of being retrograde. But what you're really talking about is to learn from the past, to redeploy those things that are relevant when they're relevant. That's right. And the word I often use is the idea of animation, that leaders animate the past. They bring the past to life and they make it relevant. If you are just Looking back to the past in a sense of nostalgia or in a sense of something that's been lost and pining for it, that's not going to be inspirational for anybody in your organization. But if you look to the past as a source of inspiration and you're able to animate it, the idea of inspiration literally to breathe life into something, to bring the spirit to something, that can be so powerful for an org. The most inspiring leaders are able to do that. They're able to channel you know, maybe the greatness of the past in a way and bring it to life in a new way with new thinking and innovations. So now I'm a leader. I understand the continuum. I understand the elements of each aspect of the continuum. And I have some sense of the success criteria for each of those facets of the continuum. What do I do now? Well, you get really intentional about knowing what you're doing and why in every moment of your day. If you're a top leader in an organization, there is literally nothing more valuable than your time. And therefore being able to figure out where you're spending your time quite intentionally and for what reason, it may be the most important question that you have to answer for yourself each day. This framework helps you figure that out. It helps you get very intentional about to what degree you're operating in the vision domain is defined by this framework, the management space or the administrative space. And there should be likely a kind of a, an ideal ratio that you discover for yourself in your role. Without question, in my view, most leaders are going to spend most of their time in the management domain. That doesn't mean that they're managing people or doing management per se, but they're in the management domain, very present oriented, very operations execution oriented. 
they'll spend the second amount of time in the realm of strategy and vision because you can't spend most of your time in that realm because then maybe you run the risk of being up in the clouds too much and not in the workings of the organization. And I think inevitably you're going to spend the least amount of your time in the administrative space. The point is though, you're not going to spend zero time in that space. With all leadership questions, what I try to highlight is the idea of intentionality and agency. I want to give the leaders that I work with a sense of choice about where they're spending their time and effort and how they're doing that and to be really thoughtful about it. This framework helps them lift themselves up out of their daily responsibilities and habits and make choices about where they can add the most value for themselves, their teams, and their organizations. Daryl, you actually recommend that people first chart where they currently are across this continuum, how much time they spend each week or each month or each day, uh, maybe all of those, and then iterate, try some things out. And, and in general, you're probably trying to push yourself out of just being in the reactive mode and spending too much of your time in your management and actually pushing yourself a little more into the vision quadrant. Is that a typical pattern? Absolutely. Complementing this framework, I tend to use an, another framework, which is a very famous framework, the importance and urgent framework that was originally developed by Dwight Eisenhower, you know, when he first became president of Vision in the 1950s, but has since been adapted for a variety of different kinds of organizational contexts. People who are familiar with that framework know that on the horizontal axis, we would start with the idea of urgency with something that's low urgent on the left side of the axis and high urgency on the right side of the axis. And on the vertical axis, that's the concept of importance. And when you join those together, you form a two by two matrix. It's using that matrix where I actually encourage people to plot their actual activities, but informed very much by the leadership continuum framework. The important urgent framework gets very specific and granular about where people are spending their time and their activity and making a distinction between activity and being busy and productivity and having impact. You can look at that two by two matrix through the lens of the leadership continuum and figure out where am I spending my time that's more identified with strategy and vision as an example, which in the, the way that I laid out the framework just now would be in the upper left-hand quadrant. That is the work that's highly important, but not urgent. It's very rare that anybody calls you up and says, hey, where's that strategy document that you've been working on? Usually that strategy document that you've been working on is something that you as a leader have to decide is important and you're going to dedicate time to it. You're going to invest time in it. You can easily plot the leadership continuum in that two by two framework in ways that help you say, oh, this is management. Oh, this is vision. Oh, this is administration. And you probably want to have the least amount of your activities identified with administration, the most with management. That would be in the upper right-hand part of the quadrant that is highly urgent and important things very much identified with operations and things that are maybe urgent but low importance or God forbid, neither important nor urgent, you're going to try to minimize those things as much as possible. Often we find ourselves on the right side of that four square and only just doing what's most urgent, just picking out. The That's most right. Urgent thing exactly. That's, that it's a very easy trap to fall into. And so 
I want to get my leaders to really be thinking about how they're deploying time because time is not a commodity. Time is the platinum of any leader's portfolio. It is the most valuable possession that they have. And Daryl, have those you've introduced this to found it helpful? This is a version of the conversation that I have with leaders when I introduce this concept. I don't know that anyone has not found it helpful. I think that any leader that I've introduced this to, and essentially that's every client that I have, at some point I introduce this framework to them. It becomes something that I think is an extremely valuable tool and it's something that they use frequently. It's not a one-time thing. It's something you would continually return your attention back to. Would you recommend it? It's something you do quarterly or weekly or daily? I think that coupled with the two by two framework that we talked about, the important urgent framework, you can do that on a weekly basis. I think that to develop a new habit and a new mindset, all the research tells us that we have to do something every day for six weeks to develop a new habit. I would probably encourage my leaders to at least glance at their two by two framework on a daily basis and remind themselves about it and then try to put it into practice so that they give themselves a fighting chance of developing a new way of, of thinking about things. I think this is going to be very helpful to a lot of people listening today, Daryl. So thank you for your time. Thanks, Mike. I enjoyed the conversation. Daryl, if someone wanted to reach out to you, how could they do that? The easiest way is to just hop onto the Kenyon Associates website and go to the team page and you can see how to identify me or any Kenyon partner there. Thank you.